One of the obvious problems with having a weekly show is that um, sometimes every day and uh, sometimes it's absolutely extraordinary the kind of news breaks on a daily basis, sometimes two, three times a day. Well, you know, there's always breaking news every minute these days but because uh, um, of the great maw of the media and um, what passes as information and news constantly, it's, you know, with gigantic exclamation points. But the really big news this week, two days before I came in to do this show today, is uh, Justice Kennedy retiring, which is <sighs> when Trump got elected, <clears throat> I didn't really understand what I mean. It was awful, really awful, shocking and awful. And I didn't understand what it meant. But uh this is, and all the awful things that this man and everybody he's appointed and his family, everything that bad that he's done, which is extraordinary, um, nothing compares with the fact that he's going to get to a point um, <coughs> in an already mostly conservative Supreme Court or majority Supreme Court, he's going to get to a point another uh, conservative or very conservative uh, justice to the Supreme Court. <coughs> This is this is going to alter uh, this country and what's really left of the democracy 
free speech, uh, women's rights. I mean, you name anything that has to do with uh, the first, the ten, um, you know, the um, ten amendments to the Constitution, uh, having to do with human rights, human uh, people's ability to be equal in any way, people's ability to express themselves without fear of um, of the government clamping down on them. I mean, all kinds of freedoms that are guaranteed or addressed in the um, in the first, second, third, fourth, et cetera, all the amendments to the Constitution. Uh, <clears throat> these will all be thrown overboard. Uh, if you're a woman, God help you all. I mean, you know, Roe v. Wade, a million other things. Voting, voting is already so undemocratic and gerrymandered that that's why you even have the Republicans in charge right now and Trump as president. It's going to get worse. Um, any kind of minority... Uh, even though the minority is now the majority or headed towards it, won't make any difference. This is really very, very bad news. However, <clears throat> I am not going to talk about that today. I mean, I'm going to try to find somebody who's an expert on it or I'm going to try to think more about it. But it's uh, to me, it's almost... I couldn't even read the paper the other day. I mean, you know, I read it. Sometimes I go through it and I'm outraged or I'm encouraged or whatever it is, usually shocked and outraged. But... There was too much for me. I could not even read the headlines. Uh, I couldn't even read the articles because I know what this means. We all know what this means. So let me move on to something else that I had uh, thought about <clears throat> talking about today and I will talk about today. It's, there was an article, an op-ed piece in the New York Times the other day <clears throat> called Trickle Down Trumpsters and the Debasement of Language. And this is by a really good writer, Timothy Egan, who writes for them once or twice a week. <clears throat> On Father's Day last week, the highest paid employee of Washington State University tweeted out a video of a 2014 speech by Barack Obama that was altered to make him sound like a one-world government tyrant. When called on the fraud, Mike Leach, the head football coach and $3.5 million a year representative of the same school that gave us the legendary newsman Edward R. Morrow, said... When he was called on it, he said, prove it. It was easily proven as doctored. But instead of apologizing and owning up to his dissemination of a fake conspiracy video, he then wrote, what is a fact? What is a fact? Of all the things that Trump has done, President Trump has done to destroy civil norms, his debasement of language is the most chilling and poisonous. <clears throat> For it has now reached down to every level, allowing people who are supposed to be societal pillars or even role models to act as if reality has no foundation. Trump's frightful legacy is not just the epidemic of everyday incivility in daily life, which is occurring on both sides now, something else to be addressed, nor is it his practice of using dehumanizing language to justify cruelty. The worst of the trickle-down Trump effects is the way he's opened the door for other public figures to get away with making things up. When a president is applauded for lying, why should a head football coach or a cabinet secretary feel any shame for doing the same thing? And I might say, or for that matter, anybody at all. What is the difference? What is the value of truth at all if it means nothing to leaders and society in general? I mean, if every single parent in this country, this is me now, not the article, if every single parent in this country uh, suddenly decided that it doesn't make any, what's the point? Who cares whether or not you tell the truth, whether or not you abuse people? I mean, 
where, where, what kind of, uh, it's not just the United States of America or democracy I'm talking about. It's any kind of basic unit, even the smallest unit of civilization. <clears throat> this is a way that it can all break down. I'm not saying it will, but it can, and it sort of is in this country. <clears throat> you know, I remember, um, I don't know if it still happens this way, that a huge emphasis was put on telling the truth when I was a kid. I'm not talking about, yeah, same old thing. I say this every week. It's the good old days, blah, 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 blah. Who knows? But I remember that truly a huge emphasis was put on telling the truth. In school, uh, you had this like hokey legend about George Washington who said to his father, you remember this? Did you, are you this old? <laughs> I cannot tell a lie, father. Um, <clears throat> in other words, I know it's wrong to lie. I mean, he could tell a lie, but he's, he's saying, I know it's wrong to lie. I chopped down the cherry tree. Well, you know, obedience to authority was always a big thing, right? And it could go too far. I mean, doing what you were told and telling the truth and accepting responsibility for whatever recompense you had to make. This is what we were taught. Obviously, we all fall short of this. I mean, I've fallen very far short of a lot of this. But uh, this is what you were taught, and this is what you were supposed to um, uh, strive for in your relationships, in your uh, in your perhaps in your inner life, but certainly in your relationships to the world and the way you treat other people. And I remember sometimes I used to tell my kids to be honest with me. I didn't make a big deal about it. They didn't, <clears throat> didn't say it all the time, uh, but it was more for them really than for me. I mean, uh, knowing myself that it's a cleaner feeling to tell the truth than to lie or suppress things, and I've been struggling with that my whole life. Every time that I was able to be honest or straightforward about something, I always felt better. I don't know if it works that way for everybody. Um, maybe I shouldn't assume it does. <clears throat> I mean, if you're from my generation, do you remember how shocking it was to learn that a president lied? Uh, surely, uh, obviously, we, you know, we were all brainwashed by somebody or society into thinking that leaders like the president are always or even were most of the time honest. I mean, you know better than when you get older. You know better about these things. But we were brought up this way, right? <clears throat> but still, for instance, like um, when the Pentagon Papers came out, how amazing and enraging it was to learn that our own government had lied to us about a war, a big war, where you know hundreds of thousands of people were being murdered. And those lies led to, uh, to probably, if you include all of the Vietnamese who were killed in there, a million deaths. And God knows how many uh, distorted and warped and ruined lives, all based on lies. And it was shocking. It was shocking to a lot of people, certainly for my generation. But with our, um, you know, our reality or unreality show president and his sidekicks and enablers and with reality becoming almost meaningless on the Internet, what difference does it make to tell the truth? I mean, why bother? What difference does it make? Like the guy, the football coach, the head football coach at the University of Washington who gets paid, you know, this uh, obscene amount of money. He says, what is a fact? In other words, go fuck yourself. Who cares if it's true or not? I can say whatever I like if I can get away with it. This is wonderful what this president has uh, is bequeathing to us on a daily basis. I mean, what is... What does it mean anymore to be honest? What does it actually mean? I mean, could it be generational? I wonder. I mean, some shift in how much uh, people are honest and how it's valued? I don't know. Are people generally less honest than they used to be? I don't know about that either. 
I mean, do you think so? I don't know. I don't recall certain kinds of people in certain fields being criminals and, and not only getting away with it, uh, not being punished, but actually triumphing in the end. I don't remember seeing that. Definitely didn't see that so much. Um, well, unless I didn't know about it or we didn't know about it. I mean, a really good and depressing example of all this is Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. I don't, what, I don't know what your attitude about it. You're a different generation than me. I don't know what you think about Alex Rodriguez, but uh, I mean, for people who don't know who Alex Rodriguez is, he's like uh, an extremely famous baseball player. I mean, a, a really great hitter and also famous for getting one of the first really actually obscene contracts in baseball. I think it was, um, it was, was he 30 years old when he got 25 million for 10 years? I think so. We're, we're checking on the facts right now because we're interested in facts down here at PRN. Anyhow, he, he was given, he was around 30, and he was also such a, he was a big deal, big home run hitter. He was, uh, you know, going to, uh, you know, climb to the top of the home run hitters right, right up there, and, you know, a gigantic blaster of the baseball, big hitter, terrific baseball player. He was 33 years old? 33. When he started making $33 million a year. $33 million? Yeah. I thought it was 25 Wow. Oh. And then at 29, 26 million. <laughs> all right. I, all right, then. Okay. So, you know, uh, he gets this, he gets this out, unbelievable contract, which was at the time the biggest one anybody had ever gotten. And this guy, Alex Rodriguez, was twice found to be using illegal steroids to boost his energy and power. Twice. He, he was actually, in short, the worst kind of cheat. When he was caught... What did he do? He denied it and went through all kinds of legal battles with the league. So here he is, one of the most famous baseball players in the country, uh, looked up to by millions of kids, possibly, for his prowess and uh, setting all kinds of, you know, possibly going to set all kinds of records. And he turns out to be making a fool out of everybody, uh, treating everybody like saps, the whole world, by using illegal drugs to make himself a better player. And, of course, uh, shafting all his player uh, colleagues, right? And now, so what, is his, what, what was his punishment for that? Uh, only a couple of years or a few years after his uh, incredibly shameful, um, you know, dishonest behavior, he's working as a national commentator for ESPN. That's what he does. He comments on games and interviewing, and he interviews players on the field. I think, I think this, wasn't he even in the World Series interviewing people? I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Alex Rodriguez. 2015 doing World Series coverage. Right, and he was doing some uh, last time I looked too. I mean, so this is this is. I'm not sure if uh, well. So he got this job before the age of Trump was was you know before the age of Trump before Trump was elected. Rodriguez got this job, but um, now it seems to me this is a perfect fit. This guy, for the current age we live in. I mean, there is some connection between the fact that I'm and I'm actually using that word as an observable fact, as an observable, probable reality, something, a fact, right? Remember the word, the fact, what it means? Between the fact, I'm, I'm making a connection between the fact that the truth doesn't seem to mean anything anymore, that it's lost its value in everyday life, and the fact that rules and laws are rapidly losing their value. There's some connection between these two things, uh, especially laws, and I suppose they all started this way, especially the laws that are based on common respect for other people. Maybe that's where all laws started. They're definitely wearing away and disappearing. 
in, in New York City, or at least my part of it, Manhattan, people routinely cross against the light. They almost cause accidents all the time. Drivers, often holding cell phones or talking on hands-free devices, they go through lights or turn corners into crosswalks, uh, sometimes hitting, almost hitting pedestrians, and once in a while in my neighborhood actually doing that, and the ambulance shows up. I mean, it's the, and also, it's the rare power biker. You know, I'm talking about the guys, and it's always guys, uh, with the racing and mountain bikes dressed up in, uh, look like um, predators, you know, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the helmets, and uh, they have all their, um, you know, their advertisements on and their special shoes. Always these guys. It's a rare one who doesn't go speeding through red lights, almost hitting people all the time. I mean, it's extraordinary, and um, nobody ever catches them. I mean, the streets also, streets are totally congested in Manhattan with not just double-parked but triple-parked cars, trucks, so that you can spend an hour going 50 blocks. Drivers turn from any lane, and um, they drive their cars into cross-sections and just sit there. They park at bus stops. It's basically who gives a shit, and it's your problem, not mine. And there's always been drivers like that. There's always been drivers like that. But now it seems to be that that's the majority kind of driver. And, of course, everybody's got these SUVs, so it's, uh, there's even less space than there used to be. And as far as um, leaving a lane open or leaving a crosswalk open, it's a stupid joke now. Only saps do that. And construction, which I've talked about before, construction uh, goes at a manic pace without any regard to pedestrians or noise levels or pollution levels or anything. And people walking their dogs in my neighborhood, they will let them piss on anything. Anything. Don't bother to step over to the curb. That's for jerks. And if you tell somebody, like if I'm on the street and I see somebody <clears throat> and I tell them, keep their dog, keep your dog. You know, I say, this happened to me the other day. There was some lady who was looking at her phone, of course, inevitably. And on the other end is the dog. Uh, what's more to real to her, of course, is far more real as the phone than anything, uh, than the dog. Anything that comes over that uh, little rectangle is far more real to her than the fact it's an actual animal at the other end of our leash. Um, and uh, so the dogs can piss on anything while they're, you know, um, texting or reading whatever is over the, uh, coming over the phone. So uh, there are these little places in my neighborhood. So the city, um, you know, green space or flowered space is very rare. And people go to some trouble sometimes to plant flowers in sort of little, uh, you know, uh, tree beds uh, or surrounding trees on the blocks. Um, And uh, there's always notices on them. It says, um, um, you know, uh, dog waste kills, blah, 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 blah. It's something euphemism. And, you know, it doesn't say don't piss on the the flowers. It doesn't say that. Is that against the law? You you can't. But, but, um, um. yeah. So, um, you know, so, so uh, the other day, um, you know, I see this typical scene. You see this all over the city all the time. Uh, some lady's got her dog, uh, and she's looking at her phone, and the dog is pissing all over these flowers that somebody carefully, for the benefit of the whole block, planted there and tended there all through the winter. And I say to her, look, <clears throat> uh, your dog is pissing on these flowers over here. And this is, she just came out of this building, right? And it's right in front of her own building, you know? Um, and she looks at me like she's going to call the cops and like there's something wrong with me. You don't know, because that's, because what she's doing is the rule. And the rule is there's no more law. The rule is there are no more rules. Uh, 
Um, and I'm often home during the day. I'm home too much, right? That's my own problem. And, of course, the robot and the nuisance calls are out of control. I mean, you might be familiar with that, right? And it's the same on the Internet, which everybody knows about, on your email. Um, every day, there is some bullshit scam that, you can, that can steal your credit card or destroy your hard drive every single day, maybe five times a day. People on the phone actually try to capture the sound of your voice to use, uh, you know, to use uh, the voice to empty out bank accounts and to buy things just by using the sound of your voice. Just if you say one word or something like that, they trick you into it. <clears throat> I had a, go- a, guy, a guy called me up the other day uh, on some fake number. Talk about fake, you know, everything fake. And, um, and he says, uh, is this Mr. Fader? Of course, I ask him who's calling, right? I don't know who this guy is. He's got a vague accent, right? And he asks me again, is this Mr. Fader? And I ask him again who he is. Then this guy gets angry, and he raises his voice, and he says, <laughs> unbelievable, right? He says, you refuse to tell me if you're Mr. Fader? <laughs> I call up and bother me in my own house and get angry at me because I don't want to identify myself to a stranger. And I hung up, right? Uh, this happens uh, a lot. And um, later on, my wife comes home, and she, uh, uh, and her job as a social worker, she treats a lot of, um, helps a lot of older people. And... Uh, they're always getting notices, you know, at her clinic about scams that target older people, you know, because you're, and you're older, you're slower, you're not familiar, familiar with technical things. You don't know that somebody could actually take the sound of your voice and ruin your life by it, by replaying it, uh, making calls to banks and, and credit card places or whatever else. Um, <clears throat> so she tells me later on that this is a particular scam, that the guy was supposed to get me angry and say... Um, you know, he said, you refuse to identify yourself as Mr. Fader? And I have trouble enough identifying myself as Mr. Fader to myself every day. Anyhow, I wasn't going to do it to him. So he says, uh, you refuse to identify yourself. I'm supposed to get angry and say, yes. You know, in other words, yes, I refuse. Yes. Um, he would take that, vo- that clip of my voice saying yes with my particular voice identification, whatever technology it is, and use that to uh, screw me over somehow. Anyhow, I mean, several times a day I get this male and female recorded voices uh, with fake names selling something or telling me my credit card or my computer are in dire jeopardy and they're going to explode or expire instantly unless I uh, give them this or give them that or call them back. In the age of Trump, sleazy sellers of sleazy or dangerous products have proliferated out of imagined proportion, totally out of control. Every day... Tens of thousands, like I said, of old people or people unfamiliar with modern technology get swindled by people over the phone or online. And even more so in old-fashioned everyday life, there are, uh, and you know you know how it is, it's never cop around when you need them. Uh, there is so much crime. It happens so much all the time, in every way, all the time, that there is never, um, there's never anything um, to police this or catch these people. I mean, fake phone numbers fake websites or email addresses. I get a dozen a day, and I know everybody else gets this shit, too. I know you do, too. The phone companies or the Internet providers, with all their hundreds of thousands of personnel and their billions of dollars, they don't care. No matter how much you are lied to or actually swindled, they still make their outrageous profits. So what do they care about tracking these people down? They could do it if they wanted to. 
They could hire an extra ten or 20,000 employees and still make a profit and spend all day long with these people tracking down uh, these assholes who call you all day long, right? Um, some of them are just uh, nuisances or amusing, you know? Uh, some recorded voice, hi, this is Dave from uh, Acme Carpet, you know, gives a shit, right? So you hang up. You hang up on all of them, right? Uh, but they, meanwhile, they disturb you. The phone rings, you know. I mean, I guess you could adjust the ringer or you could have it not ring or just a light go off. But still, you're interrupted. Anyhow. And again, in the age of Trump, of the P.T. Barnum world of modern American government, there is no interest whatsoever. Also no interest whatsoever in policing the bad guys. It's bad for swindlers to be investigated, as always, having watchdogs and police of any kind um, it's bad for business. As you can see from what Trump does and what the Republicans are doing, they're getting rid of all the police agencies, the investigatory agencies, and the watchdog government watchdog groups because it's bad for swindlers and cheats, which most of them are, if the cops are around looking over their shoulder. Uh, governments and politicians at every level have always been for sale. We know that, right? But now it's done as a regular corporate function. Really, more than ever, business as usual, and how much more usual when people at the very top um, are the liars and the swindlers. The people who run the government, uh, corporations have always, people like the Kochs or other corporations, there's always been lobbyists and rich people have always manipulated politicians. This goes back as far as the country goes. But now it's, uh, it's so much business as usual that it's extraordinary, right? It's not even shocking or surprising anymore. The attorneys general or the attorney, forget about the, the federal attorney general who's a criminal all by himself. Um, <clears throat> but attorneys general in the states who often have pursued this kind of political corruption and corporate lobbying corruption, of, of uh, and they still do it. I mean, you still see indictments, but very rarely now compared to what it used to be. In New York, you're seeing it all the time. Because we had this oddball situation in New York, we've always had this, where the attorney generals are usually very liberal Democrats and go after a lot of corruption, uh, business and uh, political corruption, uh, when they're not involved in it themselves, of course. Um, but the state and the state legislatures, uh, generally in, in New York State, have often been so notoriously corrupt that there's only a couple of places, like maybe Pennsylvania and Texas and one or two other places, that are ever as bad as New York. <clears throat> so they're always doing something wrong, and they're always being indicted. And this goes on and on and on. <clears throat> it's an, an endless dance. I mean, so this is what you <coughs> this is what you have all the time. You have fake people, fake news stories, made up facts. You have convicted felons, some responsible for actual deaths, like Don Blakenship. Remember him in West Virginia? Some of these people are they're running for office. They're all running for public office now. It used to be if you were an actual criminal, a convicted criminal, and you were convicted especially of something really awful, you didn't dream of running for office. There was the little matter of maybe public trust, but who cares? I mean, what does it mean anymore? Anyhow, so all these people are now who are, who are criminals and, you know, um, who are outed as, as criminals, even if they weren't convicted, are all denying they did anything wrong and claiming, just like the liar-in-chief claims, that they were framed by the government or dishonest journalists, right? Um, politicians are, were, always liars or always have been since I was old enough to listen and to read what they said. But now with Trump uh, as the worst example ever, uh, 
they're in another universe of treating the truth and facts as if they had no value at all. So the politicians, I believe, truly are worse than they ever were before. And it comes from the top, like this guy who wrote this article, Timothy Egan says. A lot of this stuff comes from the top. There's some old saying I heard once for some guy from the Caribbean, but it could come from anywhere, that the fish stinks from the head. <laughs> a very, uh, very graphic uh, saying. Well, I mean, you can see what happens with Trump. In fact, uh, now here's something I'm going out on a limb for, but you know, this is uh, something I'm going to talk about in a generic way, not a particular way. <clears throat> the big news this morning, it happened yesterday, but the big news in the paper this morning was some uh, maniac down in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, who had a long-running war with the newspapers, uh, broke into a newspaper down there and uh, killed five people and wounded some other people. And um, how this is not totally unrelated to Trump. Trump has been stirring up his, um, his redneck supporters and his Nazi supporters and his ignorant, bigoted supporters when they're not the other things um, by blaming uh, the news for all kinds of crimes and distorting law and everything. I mean, attacking the news and attacking journalists, literally attacking them verbally. But the people who uh, listen to him uh, go further than him sometimes. And um, <clears throat> there will be more and more attacks on journalists and on newspaper people, not just by the government itself, because of this new Supreme Court, you can forget about that. I mean, you know, freedom of speech, good luck. But there'll be literal attacks by Trump's, um, uh, you know, uh, brain-dead, uh, bigoted uh, backers. And there's going to be more people beaten up. There's going to be people shot. Newspaper offices are going to be raided. And, and there's going to be a lot of trouble. And this comes from Trump. Um, and um, I don't know. And, and if it's not that, I talk about facts, not meaning anything more. I mean, scientists have been fired en masse from government agencies that were created to protect the environment and the food and the medicine that we use, that we eat. I mean, you could see this rot set in. First time I saw this was under George Bush. Some states in the South and the West introduced creationism. Unbelievable. Creationism. And they were teaching in the schools right along with Darwin's theories of evolution, scientific theories of evolution. Creationism was given equal billing. This is, this is in the 80s when all this stuff started to turn in the worst way. And now what we see is uh, what's happening with Justice Kennedy, right? Um, I mean, it's a real problem, a serious public and personal problem to simply try to discern the real from the unreal. I mean, that's what we're faced with all the time now, facts from fantasy. This is what we're faced with in, in, in public and in personal life. So law and fact and truth, uh, the basis of an intelligent humane, civilized society, all these are now demeaned. They're devalued at the highest levels and in everyday life. Uh, maybe, maybe what's true, maybe what's really true here, speaking of something that might be true, is that civilization and collective human decency, the concept and the practice, and even logic itself, were always fragile concepts, always fragile concepts and constructs, right? So uh, it's probably very true, and, I'm, and this sounds idealistic and stupid, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> that's me. It's probably true that the human race was and is never very far from the swamp and the jungle. Uh, and now what's happening is that this very thin veneer, which has always existed, uh, 
where people strive for the idealism, uh, or they're taught to at least. Um, now, this, is, this very thin veneer is rapidly wearing away. And of course, by now it's an old story. The fact that it's so much easier to fool people than it used to be, that lies and unreality uh, uh, can be delivered instantly, every day, all day long, in a thousand shapes and forms. This makes it so much easier to create an alternative reality. Like, wouldn't, isn't that what Kellyanne Conway once said? Uh, that there is such thing as alternate facts. When somebody called her on um, just uh, absolute um, fraud and lies and making things up, she said, well, I'm telling you alternate facts, alternative facts. There is no such thing. <laughs> With modern science and technology, though, uh, human beings' ability to deceive and destroy has become simplified and multiplied, Right? Uh, the big lie and the rule of might over right is what we saw with Nazi Germany. It's not just that one culture or religion or tribe or empire never distorted the truth uh, or slaughtered another group of people. It's just, uh, I mean, this has always happened, right? Or every group has always gone after some other group. This is as old as history. I mean, I'm not saying that's a brand new thing. It's just become so much easier to do. I mean, you saw this, uh, you know, uh, with... Um, with history and, and the way society and culture and technology worked, it was uh, made. It was so much easier for the Nazis because of the development of science and technology to kill masses of people in a faster, more efficient way than anybody had ever done before. <clears throat> um, I mean, think of all the tools available to hundreds of millions. I mean, actually, billions of people to alter reality. Right? People can alter reality now, or try, uh, uh, you know, appear to alter reality changing shape and color and even the content of images. Um, some of those things, this, this, this changing of shape and color and content and image, I mean, that's basically art. It's as old as art, right? To exaggerate the shape of something or to change its color, that's been an element of uh, painting and drawing going back to cave times. Artists did it maybe in the beginning because they didn't have the skills to draw things so exactly. But even if they did have the skills, there was an, an artistic drive, sometimes combined with a spiritual spark or a pull, to render natural scenes, you know, like animals, people, and gods and goddesses, to make them brighter or darker or larger or smaller than life. Um, you know, distorting body proportions of certain features to make certain natural qualities of, like, let's say, ferocity or kindness or grandeur even more stark. But uh, these artistic skills mixed with uh, commonly available uh, modern technology like photoshopping, cropping, altering still and motion pictures, altering audio, uh, doing these things in a matter of minutes, altering texts of speeches and written statements, then disseminating them also in a matter of moments to millions of people. This is what goes on now. So what's real and what's false? Who's lying and who's telling the truth? Who knows anymore? I think, and this is something most of us have come to understand, you have to rely on your own reading or viewing or listening habits, and more particularly, the trust that you develop in certain purveyors of the news. And even then, you always, just like my grandmother did, have to read and listen with a critical ear and eye. I read the New York Times every day, um, and, I, and I still read it, to get most of my news from there. But I'm aware of their history of, uh, of terribly bad reporting and their general biases. Not everything with, kosher, with a kosher seal stamped on it is kosher. 
You have to trust your own knowledge and experience and instincts. But in the modern world, even these can become diluted and contradictory um, in the gigantic uh, storm of information and images. Um, probably of take a, a good idea to take a couple of weeks off every year from the news entirely. Uh, just, just ignore it. Um, now, <clears throat> moving on, I'm not comparing big business to Nazi Germany. But still, you have to admit, it's so much easier these days to lie and cheat and to deceive the great downside of the Internet and technology, right? Businesses have been lying since the first barter was made tens of thousands of years ago. And big businesses tend to lie, cheat the most. I mean, think of Wells Fargo made up thousands of fake bank accounts and got caught and had to pay $4 billion, right? Also, any business that uses a really hard sell. I knew a guy once in the advertising business who told me the worse the product, the harder to sell. I mean, um, there aren't as many now as there used to be in the early days of television, but still you see the loud commercials featuring the president of some company, uh, patio paving, furniture, car dealerships. I mean, there was one back in the 60s or 70s. I don't even remember the product. Could have been like toupee or hair growth lotion, but it was definitely my all-time favorite. Uh, There's this shifty-looking guy in his 40s, and he's dressed in a nondescript dark suit. Everything about this guy screamed dishonest. (laughs) You know, after the pitch for his product, whatever it was, he looks right into the camera and he says, remember, do you remember this? Would I lie to you? I'm the president of the company. Who else more is going to lie to you than the president of the company? What an incredible ad that was. Uh, these grandiose small business guys, including uh, the dubious medical clinics and the, especially the personal injury lawyers, uh, were and are still almost, you know, like the, the always, they're egocentric. They're sleazy, they're loud. I mean, think of Bob's Discount Furniture, right? I mean, the worst. You know Bob's Discount Furniture? Yeah, I mean, that guy Bob, you know, you want to shoot him all the time, right? And the latest thing he does is distort himself. He's got a, a puppet of himself that falls on the ground and gets distorted, which I don't even understand. It's like a bad dream. And then there's Papa John's pizza, which is the worst pizza anybody ever made. And you got Papa John himself there, or you know, the son of Papa John, you know, selling this pizza with his uh, silly fake smile on it. Anyhow, uh, I don't know. Maybe they think the clientele they're appealing to uh, needs to be spoken to like that. I mean. Um, they should just hire an actor. They could afford to hire an actor. Uh, I remember my grandmother, you know, coming from the old country where there were no laws or rules protecting consumers. Uh, she distrusted everybody. Well, that was her nature, too, unfortunately. But when she went shopping or when she went to a restaurant, she would really question everybody about the product, the food, where it came from, how old it was, how it was made, why did it cost so much. Uh, even in supermarkets, my grandmother... She wouldn't just toss something into a cart. She'd ask a clerk or a manager about things. You know, she'd hold up a, like a shiny piece of fruit to look at, and she would check it for the rot inside. That was my grandmother. Uh, personally, it was not so good to, to grow up with somebody like this, but this is the way she was, and a lot of old country people were this way. Um, this always embarrassed me when I was with her because it was so un-American to suspect, suspect everybody of trying to cheat you. I mean, what about George Washington and the cherry tree and President Roosevelt? Which she, who she loved or said she did, and the Boy Scouts. And i tell her about all this stuff, and she'd just give me this sort of half-amused, half-affectionate smile she had, and she'd, she'd say something in Yiddish, which translated uh, might be, she might be saying, look at this, look at this wonderful little American boy here. One day he'll grow up and find out how awful everybody is. That was her. <laughs> Not somebody that you, that you wanted to have uh, giving you... Uh, 
uh, a, a positive outlook on life. Uh, and she didn't. And in the end, of course, my grandmother's way was the best way to deal with anybody selling anything, whether it was a carton of milk or a political campaign, right? Her background and her nature being what it was, she wasn't just going to wave a flag and buy any shit that was fed to her, especially if it concerned anything and anybody in public life, especially. She knew better. <clears throat> I mean, the Romans had a famous saying carved into the gate of, its central market, of, of the central marketplace in Rome. Caveat emptor, let the buyer beware. In other words, you take for granted the fact that you're going to be lied to, that you might be cheated by the seller. It's only in the most modern times that democratic governments passed laws and, and, and created agencies, right? This is only in our time, uh, starting, I guess, in the 20s and 30s, but then more later on. That's modern times, you know, relatively, uh, that the government created agencies to keep track of people who are trying to steal from you and cheat you. Uh, and you still, of course, have to watch out for everything you buy you know, that you buy. I mean, when you don't, you get stiffed or at least disappointed. Uh, now, talk about uh, Bob and his discount furniture. A couple of years ago, I bought a chair from Bob. It turns out that the seat cushion of this chair wasn't attached to the chair, and it slips forward 10 times a day and has to be shifted back. It's a real pain in the ass, right? Now, whose fault is that? Is it Bob's fault for making cheap shit? Or me for buying cheap shit. I mean, you have to beware, right? All this, all this is public lying and cheating. Exaggerated, distorted uh, facts, false facts about a person or a product. I mean, you get older and you become used to it. But it has ever been so bad as it is now? Has it ever? The president of the United States is a former, and I guess not so former, reality television star. And what the fuck is reality television anyway? What is it? A lot of these so-called reality shows are scripted, or if they're not, uh, they are people performing in front of a camera, you know, looking for money and fame. That's going to distort reality all the time. So it's called reality television. Even the word distorts the language. It's not reality. It's still unreality. It's more unreal than if somebody honestly made up a fictional story. Then you know. The, the people who, who did it know. The people who act in it know. And the viewing public knows. So public lying of course, no one in public or in their personal life tells the truth all the time. Nobody does. You don't. I don't. Um, or, you know, you don't tell the truth all the time or even most of the time. And if people are not deliberately lying either to get something for themselves or to get, some, to get, uh, get out of some responsibility, then they convince themselves. People, you know how it is. You distort your own reality. That happens, let alone distorting reality in the world. You distort your own reality for your own purposes. You want to justify yourself. You want to rationalize things. You convince yourself. You fool yourself into believing that what you're saying is the truth, even in your own mind. And that's the way it goes. Um, this article here continues. I don't know if I had time to read the whole thing, and I don't suppose you don't want me to read that much anyhow. But the article says, this one by Tom, Timothy Egan about facts and lying. He says, to authoritarians, language is a weapon, usually deployed in the service of an emotional half-truth something you believe to be true, even if it isn't. Truth has to become meaningless, you know, like what is a fact, in order for this strategy to work and morality to become a shapeless thing, like in Nazi Germany or Soviet Russia and North Korea, for instance. Uh, and this is the article again. We saw it when Vice President Mike Pence called the former Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio a champion of the rule of law. Arpaio is a convicted criminal, later pardoned by Trump. You can say he's a hero to the political right, 
but no standard, um, uh, but no standard is a sheriff who was repeatedly called out for violating the law. Uh, he is not a champion of the rule of law. But this is what Pence called it, because it doesn't matter what you say anymore about anything, because the truth and reality don't mean anything anymore, and it's scary. And this is the article again. We saw it in the graphic detail over the last uh, week when the Trump administration policy of ripping migrant children from their parents. Um, the cages holding weeping kids are, quote, essentially summer camps, in the words of Fox News host Laura Ingraham. Well, nobody Nobody listens to Fox News for facts. They listen for opinions. So anybody who's listening to Fox News for facts, unfortunately, like the president, uh, is going to get distorted reality to begin with. Um, And the Homeland Security um, Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, said that the administration's zero tolerance policy that led to almost 2,500 children being taken away from their parents didn't exist. She said it didn't exist. A day after saying this, she defended the policy that didn't exist. I mean, this is how crazy these people are. And on Wednesday, this is before, you know, last week, Trump signed an order trying to resolve a crisis that he created after saying earlier that he couldn't stop it lying about that. And it was the fault of other people, which it wasn't. After a while, people come to believe everything and nothing. They think that everything was possible and that everything and that nothing was true. I'll read that again. This is from Hannah Arendt, uh, the German philosopher. German-Jewish philosopher. Um, People come to believe everything. This is during Nazi Germany. They come to believe everything and nothing. Think everything is possible and that nothing is true. And that's where we're at now, it seems. I mean, what a great description of uh, television and the Internet. Everyone laughed when North Korea, this is the article again, when North Korean news agency reported that the late dear leader, Kim Jong-il, scored five holes in one while playing a round of golf. But how is this any different from Trump saying this week that crime is way up in Germany when it's just recorded the lowest crime, lowest year for crime in three decades? Who is left to call him on this? The press? No, because he's labeled the press constantly the enemy of the American people. Um, So I don't know. Uh, I mean... In, uh, Trump wants to be like uh, Kim Jong-il. He wants, to be, he wants it to be like North Korea. I mean, he's a, he's a born dictator at heart. Remember when he said uh, just recently after meeting with him, he said, this is about uh, Kim Jong-il. He says, he speaks and his people sit up in attention. I want my people to do the same. We're, he wants my people, his people. He's, born, he's a born dictator. Um, well, anyhow, this, this, this stuff goes on and on and on. And... Um, it comes from the top. That's what Timothy Egan has said. This stuff comes from the top. I mean, the society is ready for this, but then it takes a man like this to lock it into place where falsehood and lies come from the top. Um, and in the end, what do you do? We have to, you, have to sh- you have to sift through all the shit and the glitter for whatever few nuggets of truth and reality remain. I mean, it's our responsibility as regular people and as citizens of the country this poor country, especially as uh, we might have uh, hopes to preserve the best of our democracy. It's still possible. It's always possible. As Mark Twain said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. And now is 100 years, he was writing, before the Internet. So I think as consumers of life and everything that is for sale out there, we have to check the label for the sell-by date and the list of ingredients. We have to constantly distinguish between the actual contents of something 
and whatever flashy or otherwise appealing package it's wrapped in. Forget about making America great. We have to spend whatever remaining energy we have left on making America real again. You can't handle the truth! Yeah. <laughs> is the fake real or is the real fake? Good luck to all of us. All right. This has been Mike Fader. And if you want to get in touch with me, please go to my website, FaderFiles, F-E-D-E-R-F-I-L-E-S dot com. And as always, 
thank you so much for listening. Now get on out there and tell your lie. What is it?